I could not hold my pee in. And I was like, I'm going to have to pee. And so we were waiting. And like, there was a moment, I think Lux was behind me. And like, when we're doing our walk off, she was like, there's like a little wet spot. <laughs> I was like, I know, I'm, I'm very well aware. And no one else knows it. And my friends were like, why are you such a bitch right there? I'm like, because they were trying it with me. I just, <laughs> they were making me feel bad. Fears, 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 weather, fears. Hello, hello, hello. I am Joey Nolvi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter, sitting next to my beloved co-host and the only makeover partner that I would want to be paired with ever. And I'm EW News Director Jillian Cedarholm, and I was voted most likely to be replaced by Norvina on this podcast. (laughs) Not hairiest, not thief. (laughs) What are you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> well, they said that Rapunzel. Lucy says that Mistress had long Rapunzel hair, and you have very you've let your hair down today. I see. I think I was hairier last week as Carl. <laughs> yeah, that's actually very true. <laughs> but similar to how some might prepare for, let's say, the Rapture today, we welcome the arrival of the Great Let Loosening of 2023 as we prepare to recap season 15, episode 13. We are almost at the end. We got the famed makeover episode, and fittingly, we are broadcasting live from Lucy LaDuca's family living room, uh, where they broadcasted that adorable untucked message to her. And it appears that Rocco, her adorable dog, is letting his gastric juices loose and vomiting on the carpet again. Let loose, I sell it loose. <laughs> this is so triggering for me. As you know, I just got done taking care of a demon <laughs> dog. who let loose his bowels, bladder, and barf all over my floor every day for a week. But did you notice Lucy's family also had the season one filter on their video message for some reason? They did. They were cropped in so (laughs) tightly from what looked like a larger shot. And I I was like, are y'all filming this from literally across the room? Like Stacey Lane Matthews has her iPhone from 10 years ago and is filming this from across the living room. That's exactly what I thought. I'm glad that you noticed that as well. But who who couldn't notice that, honestly? Stay tuned, uh, Lucy's family. Just make sure you all stay seated there on the couch because we do have some amazing interviews with your beloved Lucy LaDuca and also an incredibly candid interview with Sasha Colby who is on the podcast for the very first time this season and she does spill some very great <laughs> tea well, about right. may- maybe something else that she spilled <laughs> on the main stage but before that i must reveal that we have seen the light but lucy laduca has unfortunately ascended to the drag heavens above she is in her queen of the thunder era zeus has been officially replaced and we have no excuse not to let loose in her honor let loose Jillian, if we were paired together for the makeover challenge, I am wondering on a scale from one to Joan Rivers, how much would you let loose and fully yassify me? And what would our drag family name be? Joey, I would love to slap your face with a coat of makeup. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, part two. Answer part two. (laughs) Not threatening I would, of course, turn you up to a sensible 74, but what would our drag family be? I didn't didn't have time to think of this. Would it be the House of Ew for EW? (laughs) House of of Eatable You. Um, Wait, didn't, wasn't there, I feel like on Binge we came up with a name. Well, we had some name for like a team name, but not like a a house of That's true. I don't know. Yeah, what would, um... 
I'm not really sure, actually. I, I was more counting on you being in the hot seat and being able to come up with this. <laughs> I, I um, feel like you would force it to be like the House of Bloom for Penguin Bloom, and I'd be some other bird. <laughs> some other bird. Yeah, it's House <laughs> of Some Other Bird. I like that. that lives. Well, um, I am unfortunately, though, only at a three right now. Uh, Jillian has said she needs to turn this up to a sensible 74, so let's get this recap going to gas me up. That lives all right, let's get you some poppers so you can get loose. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Before we get to the makeover, this is the hundredth. Con- you even wink and you'll reference poppers. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sending you straight oh. to HR. Okay, <laughs> before we get to the makeover, this is the little known fact: one hundredth consecutive season fifteen episode that opened with Lucy clashing with either Lux or Mistress. This time, over Lux calling Lucy's drag generic after RuPaul asked who should go home and why last week. Later, Lucy told RuPaul that she didn't give a shit about the comment. But do we think she actually did give a shit? What do you think? <laughs> Well, first thing I have to say is that's my untucked sipping noise because this tea was somewhat piping at the beginning of this episode. I feel like um, Lux was really serving it to Lucy again, psychological warfare. Uh, Lucy very clearly did look (laughs) to be disturbed by this. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, to note the kind of psychological warfare that I think is going on here and the difference in like generational drag, because I think you look at the age difference, Lucy and Lux and mistress are almost 10 years apart. Are they like Lux is in her, or Lucy's in her early thirties and Lux and mistress are in their early twenties. So I'm not sure if there's a disconnect here between like maybe like growing up and watching certain types of reality TV shows and having that inform your personality. Like it really like Lux has been very much open about that. And I think Lux is just on a different level of understanding what's going on at the moment. And I think that Lucy is so, as she said in these past few interviews with us, including in the one coming up, like she's been very, very invested in the game. So I do think she gave a shit. And I think that in that moment, maybe she was just saying to RuPaul, like, um, you know, you don't want to say to, RuPaul like oh yeah the bullies are getting to me so I think it did bother her but you know you're not going to say that to RuPaul and I I think that that was wise on her part to not say that because you don't want to start drama with somebody uh, especially with like you know teacher of the classroom you don't want to start drama with them with the person who is doing this so I do think she cared Um, she cared about this competition very very deeply as you'll hear in our exit interview and I think that it was valid that she cared about it because i mean if somebody says your drag is generic on a national platform i mean that's that's not nothing but yeah. again i do think lux and mistress are making really great tv <laughs> so i think everybody is right i think is my argument yeah i think it probably would have done lucy some favors to approach these interactions differently but yeah i can fully understand why that might not be something that comes normal to her and that she you know is the automatic response is being offended or hurt by the comments definitely makes sense oh absolutely absolutely i think rupaul did thankfully though interrupt the tension with one of what i thought was one of the most fun mini challenges of the season where rue asked the queens to name superlatives and the person with the most points after guessing uh the majority group answer 
that person would win a cash prize. And Lucy did win, but only after she aligned with the other queens in choosing herself when RuPaul asked who would go home next. So this is the second time that something like this happened uh, this season after Princess Poppy foreshadowed her own elimination Mm -hmm. in a discussion with RuPaul during the team selection on episode three. Uh, Lucy was then tasked with assigning the teams for the makeover challenge, which welcomed teachers to the workroom. She paired pretty much all of the queens with teachers who looked like them, except for Lux, whom she did not pair with, as Lux said, the only other black person in the room. And we have seen queens in the past come under fire for being deliberate with skin color when it comes to assigning roles. So do we think that Lucy was justified in messing with Lux's trajectory in this challenge like this? It's really a hard one because, I mean, I am always, even though it is a challenge for the queens, I am always concerned for the makeover people that I, you know, I don't want them to be embarrassed on the show when it comes to skin tone and body shapes and sizes. Um, But I think, I mean, like, I think that that Lucy was at least honest about her reasoning that she was left with one teacher who wasn't an obvious match for anyone. I think actually Selena would have been a great match for that teacher. Um, But I I don't know. Like she didn't pair her. Like I think the teacher's overall vibe, regardless of skin color, did also match with Sasha, who does seem to be someone quite capable of putting people in drag. She has so many drag daughters and I think did a great job with her. So it wasn't that... It didn't have me concerned with the teacher. I guess I was like, I can see Lux's point of view that, like, if you're going to pair a mistress up with someone who is like basically her twin, like it does, yeah, it does kind of suck. But then, I mean, the other, the teacher who was left, Jennifer Coolidge, would have been then (laughs) matched with, I don't know, like there was no one who was a, a clear match for her. And I think that still, in the makeover challenge, unless you're pairing this queen, this teacher with somebody who like has a completely different complexion and also is just not a good makeup artist, then I think you're setting up for failure. I mean, as we saw <laughs> season 13, uh, first time doing makeup on other people, aka Tina Burner and yes. Rose, <laughs> yeah. can sometimes be a catastrophic disaster, as I think it. I mean, and Lux knows this. She tweeted about it. She was like, save the comments. I know, I know. But like, she she did that woman dirty. <laughs> she really did. I mean, I don't think the woman I no, I don't I don't agree. I don't think the woman did that poor oh. that bad. I think that they didn't have really a resemblance. No, the woman didn't do a bad. The woman didn't do No, that's what I'm saying. Like the the I think that it was a classic case of like I mean, I think Lux looks gorgeous. Lux looked amazing. That outfit looked great on her. The draping was perfect. The color was great. But I think it was kind of a situation where Lux like did maybe did herself first and then was like well i'm gonna give this to the makeup i don't know See, i don't know I, that's I don't where know. i disagree because I, I thought that i don't think I've, the makeup i thought the woman's dress looked gr- like i thought it was like very nicely lined and oh, the dress i think it was, fit her well the dress and i think i don't think i mean i like she did look a lot like jennifer coolidge i don't think julie jennifer she coolidge did. is an unattractive person no so, i'm not saying that anybody's unattractive no i would never I'm, i would never say that i'm saying that I think the makeup on her partner's face was maybe not <laughs> maybe not the best. No, I think where she went wrong is that she should have made her gar I think that she didn't to me it didn't seem like she did spend enough time on her garment. I think she should have made it 
a little more matchy in some way other than just the peach lining. And I think that she really missed out on not trying to do the her signature nose on her partner because that's the kind of thing that could have made some kind of family resemblance. Like she's one of the well, few the- queens that really has like some signature style, like Anitra and the eyebrow. Well, this is the thing that we have to remember with this challenge is I don't think it matters in any way, shape, or form whether the makeover subject is reflecting the queen's personal style as much as the judges are very superficially just looking for queens that literally look like they're dressed the same. And I think if Lux would have taken one piece of that... um, what 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 color would you say that was the blue ish the aquamarine blue color and like made that draped that around her waist as the belt instead of the gold they would have not found an issue with this at all and well i think they would have still found an issue with it but i think they're really reaching on this one i everyone everyone looked good i thought that everyone for the most part there was no like crazy except (laughs) except lux (laughs) No, I think Lux looked good. I just don't think her makeover partner. <laughs> See, I think uh, Lux is the one that didn't look as good. No, I think Lux looked good. I think Lux looked really good. Um, I just think her makeover partner didn't. And um, I I don't know. I just think that this challenge, it, it used to, like, I mean, I think of, like, my favorite makeovers from the past. Like, I think Alaska had a really good make, or not Alaska. Um, I think a little pound cake. Who, uh, maybe i don't know maybe i'm getting confused with something else but like one of my all-time favorite makeover looks if not my favorite it's evie and scarlet envy uh from season 11 i think that was so amazing because that was so like indicative of evie's style you looked at that and you knew immediately what drag family scarlet was from even if you didn't know who she was paired with mm-hmm. and but the look was also so elevated and looked so incredible and was up to par with the rest of what Evie oddly had done on the runway. Like if Evie had worn that on her own, not for the makeover challenge, I would have been like, that's an amazing runway. Nothing in the makeover challenge ever looks like that. It never looks like if you take it and were to send it down the runway on its own, the look would get red for just being basic. And I understand that that's the nature of the challenge, but I just wish that there was some sort of extra uh, like i think that we got that when they were making over each other like when uh simone and utica were paired together and that was amazing when you get the drag artists actually making over the other contestants i think that that ends up being more exciting and leading to better results because they are both drag performers and they know what works and they can sort of feed off of each other's energy and amp things up and still reflect their personal style in these looks. But when they're making over other people, it's like they're people that are coming into this, not doing drag, not having a drag background. So I think it makes for more lackluster results because that person often doesn't necessarily isn't going to have as much input into the final look as like a drag artist would and knowing how to elevate it to the next level. I just think that it it never feels like up to par with the other runways of this season, just by the nature of the challenge itself. And I just wish the judges were looking for something that was beyond, well, your colors match or you're wearing the same outfit just in a different color. It just because that's what it feels like Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Well, I mean, so this is the first time that we've had the makeover challenge since season 12, since season 13 had like as you said the making over each other which i think even though they didn't grade them as pairs that season it was kind of a 
more fun as a paired challenge, like to have them really styling each other, I think was a cool thing to see. Um, And we didn't get this challenge at all in in season 14. And I think to me, what you're saying of liking that better than the normos coming on and getting a makeover, I actually miss when we had more of a hook of people who were even further removed from being drag queens. Like I think, um yeah well our favorite um our favorite dave <laughs> yeah dave and sarge i mean that's what i'm saying i miss like i'm missing that like yeah. these are all okay i love that yeah. we had the like let's highlight the teachers but they all presented as pretty feminine so it, we kind of missed that makeover wow element other than mistress who put hers like as a disney villain it was like the only thing that was like yeah. a full transformation like wow this person probably has never looked like this in their life just from what we've seen mm-hmm. of them. Um, so I, I yeah. did miss like when it was army vets or um, in Canada, when they had the refugees that were all from <gasps> oh, country yeah, or persecuted countries. That, oh, was that was amazing. amazing so I, I really miss that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and no, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying that it's because they're women. That's not what no, I, I'm, I'm the not one saying that. that in any way. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying it. it's in any way because they're women. I think that no. um, it depends. Like you just, you know, you get the certain group that you get and then that's, you know, determines a big portion of how the makeover challenge I think plays is the group that they're bringing in. And um, I thought that this group was significant, especially even it's, it's kind of odd how this season is really hitting its stride i mean they're they're or, or they're sort of predicting in a lot of ways the things that we're going through right now like the rusical plot of a town trying to ban drag shows when tennessee is going through all of this crazy shit right now politically and now they have teachers that are in charge of you know instructing the youth of america out there in drag and i think that it's just really uh, powerful to see that especially when states like florida are pushing these don't say gay things and it's just it's it's really 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 incredible to see this show predicting the culture not saying that the culture is is incredible but i just think it's 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 interesting to see how this show has sort of um become timely in sort of anticipating where things were going and i think it's a real credit to the producers and the um for for injecting these challenges into this season. Yeah, I mean, I think, unfortunately, the things that are happening right now are not things that came out of nowhere. There was just, uh, people were sharing an interview that RuPaul had done on um, James Corden from, you know, back before this season aired, or maybe when it was just starting of like, you know, calling out that where, you know, where it was seeming like people were going and the protests that were already starting to bubble up. And I think she's also someone who has just lived long enough through so many things that just knows that unfortunately, um, hate is just always bubbling under the surface. And, you know, you do need to call these things out before they go too far. And so I think it is really good and responsible that the show is doing this and was doing it at a time before it was like a huge disastrous results like it's already turning into. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of disastrous <laughs> results, um, no, I, I don't mean that. Uh, but did the did the did the right queen win the makeover challenge? Because we saw Lucy have some very pointed reactions to Mistress placing high in her exit confessional. She also threw her hands up and was like, she put her teacher in a stretch dress. Um, so, do you think Anitra deserved to win? And was Mistress Mistress's makeover the best one? You know, I think they were all high safe for me. I don't think there was anyone that I was yeah. like, oh, that's definitely a winner. Lucy's, I me thought. Too. Yeah. Her like makeup wise, her person, and I think did such a good job picking her own person yeah. that there were a couple of times where it was a shot of her teacher, and I was like, "Wait, why is Lucy on stage right now?" And then I was like, "Oh, that's her teacher." Um, and I and so I liked that they that Mistress did do something that was a little different of like complimenting each other in an opposites kind of way. So I had no problem with that. Anitra, I don't know, like it was a mini Anitra. Her her daughter though looked so much like the actress uh, Josie Toda to me that I kept like thinking that's who I was looking at. <laughs> like I was like, oh, is she a teacher mm-hmm. now that Saved by the Bell is off air? Um, but I don't know. I guess I didn't really did not have anyone that I was clearly rooting for. I thought Lux was definitely in the bottom for me, but didn't think it was disastrous by any means. But wait, okay, wasn't Alaska in the bottom? For the makeover challenge with her mom. Oh, on all that on all stars. With, that's when she was having. Yes. Yeah, that's when she had her tantrum. Katya but that's and her mom literally were there. the same thing that Mistress and her makeover subject were wearing. It was literally just a dress and a boa in mm. different colors. <laughs> I mean, it's the same but, thing. I mean, like, I don't remember what Alaska's mom's makeup was like. Yeah, I, mean, I don't it like it wasn't just like the dra- it wasn't just the dress to me with Mistress's person. It was like a very like Ursula vibe, and they you oh, know yeah, did no, their I thing at the end. I really didn't have yes that big a problem with it. No, no, I'm saying for like for when Lucy is saying like, well, she put her 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 person in a stretch dress, and I'm just like, well, I mean, it's been done before, and like it's. I don't know. I, don't, I feel like people didn't have as adverse of a reaction to Alaska's as they're having to this one. So maybe it's just because people have been like so mean to Mistress already this entire season that they feel justified in dragging her down even further. So I, I don't know. It's it's just weird to see what is going on this season online and how certain queens are being held to the fire for things. It it almost seems like it's amplified in a way that it hasn't before. Um, I don't know. It feels like every season is amplified. I think if you, if you're like that plugged in, yes, everything seems terrible. If you're not that plugged in, like when I talk about the season with my friends who aren't on Reddit and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok every moment, looking up what the fans are saying, like we both are, they don't even know they have a completely different take or they say something that is like really similar to what the fans are saying. And I'm like, Oh, like, I guess that is just how yeah. people are thinking because I know you didn't yeah. pick that from Reddit, what you just said. Yeah. Well, did you, I, I think, and and I think Anitra did a great job. I think that um, her makeup on her teacher was so beautiful. And I just loved the height difference between the two of them when they were not in heels. And it was like, I, I said this to, I believe I said it in one of our interviews coming up. I was like, it just seemed like AJ in the queen season too. Like Anitra was so tall and her uh, teacher was so short. I thought it was really cute. Their pairing. See, but we didn't say, Oh, Lucy screwed her over by giving her a much shorter teacher. 
True. So, but I think the thing that she did that was smart was put her, once again, put her signature. If you have a signature drag makeup style, put it on your makeover person. Because yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know. I am personally judging them on, is there any kind of resemblance? And that doesn't have to be that you look like you were biologically related, but in the True. same drag family. After butting heads again and untucked, after Lux and Mistress came for her look, Lucy and Lux ended up in the bottom two and lip-synced to guest judge and celebrity drag race winner Haley Kyoko's Girls Like Girls. They both apparently had never heard the words to this song before, uh, and Lux made use of the entire main stage for her performance. How do we feel about this lip-sync, especially after coming straight after two pretty great lip-syncs? I mean, I thought I was, and to be completely honest, as much as I love Lucy, like I don't really remember much of Lucy's uh, lip sync. And I think that that has a lot to do with maybe the editing. I feel like we didn't focus on Lucy as much in the lip sync. And a lot of it was focused on Lux's chaos across the whole stage, which, you know, I'm a fan of chaos (laughs) and I enjoy it. So I was thoroughly entertained by this lip sync. I loved that Lux was standing there, like bending down, stretching her legs, stretching her arms, oh, like she was getting ready to yeah. run a goddamn marathon. <laughs> and you get that quick shot of Lucy looking over there like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like, yeah. I loved it. I really did love this lip sync. I thought it was really fun. Well, I thought that Lucy was doing a lot of the same face acting that that I complimented her for last week, where it was like the spotlight yeah. was on her and her face was so intense. But this song just really didn't need that. There was one part that I really thought she was fun where when Lux was on the ground and the lyrics were the wipeout and she like pointed at, at Lux. I love when they do something like that. But the rest of the time it was very, there was like one moment that was almost like a Charlie Hyde's vibe to me where I was like, Lucy, what are you doing? And then I got yeah. another time where she was just like getting a little too intense for it. But um, yeah, Lux obviously didn't know every word, but I think at least made up for it with, being so chaotic. I don't know how that wig stayed on her head, um, but it was, eh, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't like the last two, but it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. And I'm glad that, you know, we, Lux lives to see another day. Yeah. I mean, we, I do love Lucy though. Lucy, I feel like it's just a classic example of one of those Queens that is just, whether it's because of the edit or the pressure of the show that maybe is a little bit different on drag race and in that high pressure situation than she just is enjoyably out in nature at her home bar. Like I really just enjoy Lucy. I think she's incredibly sharp. She's incredibly funny. She is very quick witted. And I just think we have a really good banter in every interview that we do. So everybody should definitely stay tuned for that coming up. That Rocco is throwing up again, so I guess that means it's time to transition to phase three of the Great Let Loosening of 2023. As I said, we have Lucy LaDuca here for a candid exit interview in which she discusses her current relationship with Lux, feeling complete devastation after her elimination, and feeling somewhat robbed of her spot in the finale. Stay tuned for more. everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever 
you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back. I hope you all have your let loose meters set to a sensible 74 because mere days after having a lovely discussion with her, we are back with my next guest under unfortunate circumstances, but I am still equally as excited to speak with her about her legendary run on RuPaul's Drag Race season 15. Please bow down and prepare not for the conjuring, not for the rapture, but for the great let loosening of 2023 because she is ready to take the world now. Please welcome back to EW's Quick Drag, Lucy Laduca. Hello again, Lucy. How are you? Hello, Joey. I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. I mean, Lucy, two times in one week. Like, I'm here for it. I, I mean, like, it's it, it's great that we've now spoken. I, I mean, if you want me to just be your co-host, like, I get it. Like, you could just ask. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, we'll we'll get that in the works, absolutely. But I feel like Perfect. you know what? Do like do actually on that? Do we even need to talk again? Like, should we just end it right now since we already did this? Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much, everybody. <laughs> Ending both interviews early because we did that earlier this week too. But Perfect. I cannot thank you enough for being here. You have been such a fun contestant to watch this season, and I just oh, thank I, you, of course. And I just I hope you're satisfied with what you were able to do on the season and the fans that you won throughout your time. Oh, I, I absolutely am. I um, I, I left incredibly proud of of the job that I did there, and I still feel the same exact way. I, I, I really wouldn't have done anything differently. I think I did my absolute best in every single challenge, and that's that's all I can really ask for. Very proud yeah. of myself. Good. I am glad to hear that, and we do have a lot to get into with this episode. Um, but I do want to start with an extremely pressing topic um, after Untucked, this reveal that you have a brother also named Joseph, who is, uh-huh. how how do we put this? I feel like his aesthetic is going to very much resonate with the Drag Race fan base. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you tell him or prepare him for the fact that the twinks are going to be in his DMs after this episode? No, I mean, it, <laughs> you know, my, my brother is is absolutely wonderful and he's very supportive. So he uh, he has come to many of my shows and every time he comes to one of my shows, it is the discussion in the dressing room. <laughs> uh, you know, when he comes to my brunch, it's like, oh, my God, who is that hot man down? And I'm like, <laughs> he's married. He's my brother. Let's move on. <laughs> Your dog is also very iconic in that message. I mean, uh, like. Is he not the most iconic dog on the planet? Yes, so cute. I mean, he is he is everything to me. That really like, I mean, God, love my family. But seeing Rocco was, <laughs> that was it. Oh, that was it. I mean, the the girls, it, you know, we, we didn't get to see too much of this, but every single day I complained about missing Rocco. Every Aww. single day. Yeah. A proud parent you are. That is very cute. I am. I I I love him very much. Love to see it. Love to see it. Um so I, w- let's let's jump into some of the uh, contentious things, which seems to be a recurring theme uh, at the beginning of these past few episodes. Um, there was a yeah, I know <laughs> it, it's very odd, very odd. I mean, there was a clash again <laughs> over the queens calling you to quote them generic on the runway when RuPaul asked who should go home mm-hmm. and why, and it did seem to stick with you. So, had you ever heard that criticism before going to the show, and how has hearing that on the show maybe impacted your work? or how you approach drag after the show? Um, it's, I've never heard that criticism before <laughs> um, because I, you know, I like to consider myself someone who 
really doesn't sort of put myself into a box. I'm very open to doing a lot of different genres of drag and um, I'm not afraid to, to try anything new or different. And so, uh, no, I had never heard that criticism. Um, haven't heard it since. Hope to never hear it again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But um, no, has it changed the way that I look at my own drag? Absolutely not. Um, I, I am very happy with the way that I do drag and it's one person's opinion. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's absolutely fine. You're not gonna, um, you're not gonna satisfy everybody mm-hmm. and you'll, and you'll go crazy trying to do that. So, yeah, no, I get that. Has, yeah. has, has Scarlet Envy reached out about you claiming to be the first person to be the creature of the Black Lagoon? <laughs> Um, no. Um, <laughs> now, I don't believe I claimed to be the very first person to ever be the creature from the Black Lagoon. That's true. Um, that is true. But um, I was, you know, I was, I had never seen someone do like a latex pinup 50s version of her. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, that's fine. <laughs> it, wasn't also... my strong, it wasn't my strongest runway. I'm, I'm fully aware of that. And we could see your face as well. I feel like in Scarlet's, we couldn't even see her face. So are they even really the same? (laughs) Right, exactly. No, I mean, uh, I I don't know. Hearing that I was, that someone thought I was generic was very surprising, as you could see on my face. (laughs) Yes, very true. Very true. Well, how do you, how, it was interesting to me too that, uh, you you also brought this up, I think, in a confessional. Like, how do you explain or feel about Lux sort of working well with you in the comedy challenge? And then what appeared to be a big shift in energy when she's no longer your partner and then, you know, spent last week and the first part of this week saying some things to you? Yeah, you know, I was really surprised by that. And I think at the end of the day, um, I was I was really hurt by it. You know, I am I am admittedly a very sensitive person and um I, I'm no shame in that. I think that's actually a lot of power in being sensitive. Yeah. Um, and uh, we really worked so well together in the comedy challenge. And, um, and I really, I, I really helped her a lot because comedy is my strength. And so um, I had so much fun working with her and, and, and so much fun being able to form comedy with her. Um, and so I, I, I was very hurt to, to then be, Told that she finds me um, generic when I feel like I was a, a pretty big part of uh, of that that second challenge win. Yeah. Well, you, I, I didn't sense anything between you two when we did our press week interviews. I, I didn't sense anything there. I, mm-hmm. I know that you said last week when we talked that you had a complicated relationship with Mistress. So how how are you and Lux to this day? Lux and I are fine. Um. I think that our relationship before the Rusical episode was certainly a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lux and I really are fine. Um, you know, we don't we don't talk every day, but I'm always happy to hear from her. We really do s- still really make each other laugh. Yeah, that, and that's um, I, you know, it'll be it'll be hard to forget. You know that she doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily respect my drag. Um, but I, you know, I, I hope that she likes me as a person. I hope yeah. that she doesn't think I'm a generic human being. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I think it would be hard for anybody to 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 say that. Um, I, I did think that the mini challenge was really fun, though. I mean, you all essentially voted on these superlatives. And yeah, <laughs> Lux voted for you for Harriet. Like, what what are we not yeah. seeing here? <laughs> I asked her that too. I said, Lux, like, out of everything, like, 
out of all those categories, why did you vote me for Harriet? And she went, <laughs> well, I mean, you always wear short shorts and you have really hairy legs. So <laughs> that's why I chose you as Harriet. And what? I was like, okay, I mean... I mean, I don't care. That's fine. I just thought that was so funny. I was like, um, you've got mistress over here with uh, Rapunzel uh, hair over here. I, I don't know. I thought that was so funny. I did too. I thought it was a really fun moment. That whole mini challenge was really fun. But I mean, RuPaul did ask you all which queen is going home next. You all held up the card with your face on it, including you. So yes. I'm wondering, was that purely strategy to win the mini challenge? Or did you really have some sort of feeling that you were going home next? It was 100%. Uh, I just wanted to win the mini challenge. Okay. <laughs> I, I stand by what I said in the first episode, which is my goal is to win as many challenges as possible. Yeah. And um, I I knew that that was going to be the majority answer uh, because, because I knew that Mistress and Lux would pick me. And I know that Sasha and Anitra are smart people and that they knew, okay, well, Mistress and Lux, that's almost half of the people are going to pick me so i knew that i was going to be the majority answer and mm-hmm. i won the mini challenge so you did congrats yes <laughs> you did. that's another check another check for miss lucy it's another check it does not count as much as a main i've learned that america but <laughs> it's still <laughs> it, it still counts towards towards my record yes the bank account math is still mathing and that's what yes, matters the the overall gpa is still going to be high Lovely, lovely. Well, <laughs> we then transitioned to the makeover challenge, which uh, we actually, uh-huh. I, we didn't get it on season 14. So it was a nice welcome back for this challenge. And you were tasked with assigning the uh, queens with their teacher counterparts. And Lux did appear to be annoyed that you didn't pair her with, as she said in a confessional, she said the only other black person in the room. So mm-hmm. was this a strategic move on your part? Because you did seem to pair everyone else with people who appeared to look similar to them. Right. So I think the way that I really looked at it was kind of a matter of priority. And I'm I'm not going to prioritize a person who just called me generic. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's what it is. Um the I'm going to put um a a beautiful plus size woman with the drag queen who is a champion for the plus size community. Um I didn't you know what I mean? Like I wanted yeah, I wanted that woman to have a great experience. Um, the, the teacher who I put with Sasha Colby looks like a Colby. So, (laughs) and, and Sasha, um, was my, my closest friend there. We didn't get to see a lot of that, but, um, but Sasha was my closest friend there. And, um, Anitra also such a lovely, incredible, uh, kind person. I felt like the teacher that I paired her with had like nice, fun, young energy, which I see with Anitra. And then, you know, kind of Lux did get get the person who I I couldn't really quite pair perfectly with anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, like her, her comments about me certainly uh, were a factor. And I'm I'm not going (laughs) to, I'm not going to help her out when she insulted me in front of the judges. Yeah. Yeah. I think my my reaction to this was that you were just trying to make an AJ and the Queen sequel with Anitra and her partner because of the height difference. Like that's what I just I thought you were going. <laughs> that's where I thought you, you were know going. that's exactly. I want them to bring the show back so that I can be a guest on AJ and Queen season two. Well, yes, considering that literally every queen in Drag Race history had a cameo on season one. Right, need to do exactly. Season two. <laughs> bring the show back. Cut me a check. 
That's all I want. <laughs> another one. Another check. Another one. Another, another one. Yes. Another one. Another one. The single number two, another one. Yes. <laughs> so in the end, it did come down to, I, fittingly, you and Lux in the bottom mm, um, after the makeover. Who would have guessed that? Oh, it was who a shock. Come in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lux, I, I did think it was funny that Lux was like, when you were both preparing to lip sync she was like stretching her limbs and getting down and like doing like before she like as if she was going to run a marathon as it was like a show before it was even a lip sync on that main stage with the two of you standing there and we (laughs) did get there was a quick shot of you looking over at her while she was doing that and the look on your face is so priceless so was that a moment of intimidation for you and and what was your headspace heading into that lip sync Uh, going into the lip sync i just remember thinking the healthiest mindset that I could be in is that there was absolutely no way that I'm going to go home. Yeah. And my intention was to just not pay any attention to what Lux was going to be doing because that's, I always think that's kind of the kiss of death when you see someone during a lip sync, look over at the other person to go, what are they doing? Yeah. So for me, I was just like, what is the most entertaining way that I can lip sync to this? Just imagine that I'm, you know, at, at home at my home bar just trying to entertain a crowd mm-hmm. and uh i just thought there's no way that they're gonna send me home yeah well what was your thought when i mean because i believe somebody told me uh i, I actually am, i'm blanking on which queen told me I, I believe it was robin um who told me that you know there is a moment of sort of calm after the lip sync and there's like a little bit of a pause between um the end of the lip sync and rue revealing the decision so what were you thinking after it was done? And then when Rue said your name as the one to sashay away, what was your immediate thought? Um, not calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, no, my, my immediate thought was, I, I was devastated, Joey. I really was. Yeah. I worked so hard and I wanted so badly to do my absolute best in every single challenge. I never... Um, was afraid of anything. I never second guessed anything. Um, and I really believe in, I, I, people can call me delusional if, if they want to, but I really believe that I earned a spot um, in the finale. I think that I was consistent enough and I, I succeeded enough in, in enough challenges that um, I think rightfully I, I, I should have made it to the finale and so Mm. it was really devastating um and then also what happened to me is that you know you're you're filming for a very long time and you don't have your friends or family or phone or you know anything like that and so you're under this crazy amount of stress and then once you hear sashay away then it's like this floodgate of emotion mm-hmm. that's culminated in, in the many weeks of, um, of challenges. It sort of hit me all at once. And and you can see, like, I remember crying from the moment she said my name until I left that workroom. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was really devastating um, at the time. And it just, it felt like I was so, so close. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was not a fun feeling. Yeah. 
I, I remember uh, when I spoke with Ms. Cracker about her elimination back on season mm-hmm. 10. And I remember she told me that it was actually something that I had never really thought to ask anybody before. Um, but what that night is like after you leave the set and then you're alone in the hotel room. Um, and she told me that she scream cried for an hour in the hotel. And I don't think she was kidding. Um, what was that night like for you when you went back to the hotel? What were you thinking? What were you doing? What was that like? Um, it felt, it felt really surreal. Um, it felt like, it almost felt like, uh, like all my friends were like, like going on a field trip and I was left back at the school by myself or something like that, you know, because I knew that there was still another challenge left Mm -hmm. and I wanted so badly to be able to do that challenge. And I, I felt I did feel kind of robbed. I know that's a dramatic word, but I, 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 I did feel that way at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was tough. I, I didn't scream cry or anything, but it, but it was tough. Well, you said in Untuck that you didn't even have an exit line prepared. So what did you end up saying and how did the line come to you? Uh, you know what? The, I really did not prepare an exit line because I was just like, well, I'm not exiting. Yeah. So it's not going to happen. So my natural inclination is to always go to comedy. It, it's my, it's the the other language that I speak. And so I just thought of this incredibly iconic line from, uh, from Elvira's feature film, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Yeah. Which is tell them that I wasn't just a great set of boobs. I was also an incredible set of legs. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I want to see Lucy going out is with that line. That yeah. That's with tears in my eyes. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. I yeah. love it. And the last thing I'll ask you is what do you hope your legacy on Drag Race is? I hope that my legacy on Drag Race is that it's okay to want the most. And it's okay to, um, to be confident. And it's really powerful to be emotionally vulnerable Uh, i think that as a society uh being emotional is frowned upon and um it actually took me years to get comfortable with with showing my emotions and it's it's incredibly powerful and it should be applauded rather than frowned upon yeah no i fully agree i i think that people will be able to see that from you and i mean once again we have run the gamut on topics from hot brothers to uh elvira exit <laughs> lines to deep philosophical feelings on emotions like we get oh, it yeah. all with lucy laduca we get it oh all. yeah baby <laughs> i i really again i say this every time we talk i can't tell you how much i appreciate your time and kindness enough uh this was you know it was really fun getting to watch you and getting to know you this season so best of luck and everything that you do after the show lucy Thank you so much, Joey. You've been such a, a wonderful interview every single time. And and I hope that there's many more in the future. Me too. I genuinely hope for that. And I wish you the best. Thank you so much, Joey. Thank you, Lucy, for that lovely exit interview. Next, we thought it fitting that since we're in the Great Lit Loosening, we welcome the neck-cracking drag goddess herself and an iconic drag mama with many children to discuss how she approached applying her matriarchal skills to the makeover challenge, avoiding the drama in the workroom, and yes, she finally reveals why she was standing with her leg up on the stage during one of the season 15 lip syncs. You don't want to miss this chat coming up next with Sasha Colby.
Hello and greetings, fellow Americans. Welcome back to a very special edition of EW's Quick Drive, broadcasting live on C-SPAN from the Capitol floor, where we are about to be joined by the president of drag for her first time, actually, on our podcast, which is surprising me as the words leave my mouth. Yes, that, that is mother. She is entering the chamber now. Please welcome the icon, Sasha Colby. Hi, Sasha. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. I'm feeling my uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg vibes here. <laughs> yes, Ruth Bader Ginsburg vibes. You could use, you could maybe use the Carl wig to get a, a nice, like, Supreme Court vibe going on, I feel like. I mean, that Carl wig is going to, like, go down in history with the Kelly wig, of course. Oh, <laughs> the, the Kelly, Kelly wig. <laughs> I died when I saw that. I do love the Carl wig. I believe I called these on Twitter the four wigs of the apocalypse. I love them so much. Where is the Carl wig right now did you keep it you know i wasn't able to i was um i think the the when we did our drag looks those were uh wigs and grace but i think the like the boy looks and the guy i don't know where they got this from but we had to give them back <laughs> oh those were provided okay yeah i remember you yes. said that at roscoe's okay yes, yeah. yes, yes. oh my bad well, <laughs> I, I really thoroughly enjoyed my dockers i was like yes. i'm going on drag race with no nails like a loafer (laughs) and a a mascara beard (laughs) that was mascara your beard it was mascara yeah it was from my george michael (laughs) i love that i really i mean truly like the mother of all drag is on drag race and that i mean you can't beat it like that story writes itself and then she had a little zaddy with rue yes It was a, truly an iconic moment. And I mean, I am honored as always to get to talk with the woman behind it. Um, it does make me nervous, though, to address this first point before we get into the makeover episode, which was a lot of fun. But I have to call out, well, not I, I'm not, I'm not going to call it calling out, but I guess pr- praise your intuition from our first round of interviews before the season. I was watching them back and I'm going to play oh. this little clip for you right now. Oh, okay, what, just what did so I foreshadow? Let's hear oh, it. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to play it. Idea of what I present, which is, uh, you know, God is fierce woman on stage. And I like to crack that character. You were teasing before <laughs> the season even began with the neck crack. And oh my gosh. I did not realize this until weeks after the episode aired. I was like, oh my God, she played me. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I didn't even realize I did that. And the thing is, I didn't even know, like, you never know what's actually going to land or like what's going to make the edit. I definitely didn't think Rue was going to fall out as hard as she did when I did that neck crack. I was like, whoa. So it's it's really like, I guess it was like kind of stuck in the back of my mind, maybe when I said it. <laughs> I mean, you did very pointed, like, say, crack and your finger turns. And I'm like, okay, yeah, she knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into this makeover episode, though, which uh, it was, I mean, I love the makeover episode every single season. It's so good. And we didn't get it on season 14. So it was really nice to have it back here. Um, But before we get into that, actually, I want to talk about the mini challenge where you all voted on superlatives and you were voted most likely to steal someone else's man. So, like, what is the tea there? Like, do the other gals know something that we don't? Um, I I don't know. Like, well, I mean, the delusion is high. Let's be honest. So, like, I don't know what reality they're in. (laughs) You seemed tickled by it when they said that. You seemed it seemed like it, it kind of gagged you a bit. Um, I mean, yeah. moving on, moving on, moving on. 
<laughs> yeah, let's go to the makeover oh, no, challenge. Trouble. Um, Lucy, pa- Lucy paired you all up. Um, so I, I mean, Lux did say in a confessional that uh, she felt like the pairing was uh, a very um, deliberate. Uh, how did you feel when Lucy was assigning the roles, especially the way that she assigned the roles for Lux? Well, I mean, I genuinely kind of was a side i i had who i wanted you know we all were picking like who we think we could like uh you know work the best i guess you mm-hmm. could say like oh yeah. okay like that could like be my aesthetic too like i could make her my aesthetic um but i really didn't know what lucy's uh mo like motive of operation for this was until like i got the girl that i wanted mm-hmm. <laughs> But I think I think my my girl was the girl that kind of everybody wanted. She's just so beautiful and like <laughs> she was the only uh, black girl. And Lux did say like, "Hmm, that's just odd that you didn't give the black girl to the only black girl." Laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, like I didn't even it didn't hit me until she said it." But um, you know, it is a game. <laughs> It's true. It is a game. There's yeah. strategy involved. I mean, Lucy did end up being like, yeah, you called me generic. <laughs> yes. Like the yes. week before. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, well, no. And I did just do earlier today, we did the the exit interview with Lucy and she did say the same thing. She was kind of like, well, yeah, like I'm not going to help somebody who just got done calling me generic. So, uh, I mean, it is like, it's like, like, it's like borderline like a 1950s abusive like couple <laughs> like, like, oh like they just keep going back they love each other they hate each other they're like winning one week and they're like at each other's throats the next and it's wild their relationship it should be on like it should be on like the next love island yes 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 you should executive produce that series bring it into existence <laughs> i gotta make a call Hold on. yes yes okay yes 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 um <laughs> I did think it was interesting that, that, you know, you do, everybody's been talking this whole season, like this is mother, you have so many drag children. So was this challenge like much of a challenge for you since you are so well-versed in bringing people into your drag family? Well, I definitely have had practice getting people into drag. I mean, Mm -hmm. being a a queen, there's always a turnabout. (laughs) There's always somebody that we have to get into drag. So I would be painting a lot of, um, a lot of like, boys you know like gay boys yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. so I've, I've been used to it i was really uh apprehensive about like what kind of person we were gonna have like are we gonna have like you know football players like and when the women yeah. came in i was like oh okay i can like breathe like the outfits that i did bring could fit them <laughs> like mm-hmm. i was like, i was so worried like i would have to like make a whole new outfit because we got like a bunch of linebackers or something so um <laughs> as far as like the challenge it's still a challenge because we have to make sure i'm not like the best sewer although you know i've I've managed to like do well on design on the design challenges but i know like my strength is not coming up with something like right off the bat so i always make myself prepared for not being you know for if i'm not prepared or don't feel very uh confident in certain things i'll like hope that all my preparations like whatever wigs we had but everything kind of went out the window with my girl because i had like these two wigs that were just like styled for this particular challenge mm-hmm. and it was she was not that girl she was not the pinup like 
it was like an old 40s style like hair like very vintagey yeah and she was a fierce lady and she wanted to feel fierce and i was like oh we we're gonna give you the sasha kobe treatment then. <laughs> let me give you a snatch mama yes. <laughs> wait so you changed wigs like you you used a different wig or you just styled it differently yeah the wigs that we ended up using the ponytail snatches were not my original so i dug mm. back in she actually wore my ponytail that i wore in the design challenge the oh. house of matthews oh nice my runway uh-huh. and then i wore my hair from my entrance look oh so we we repurposed some hair and interesting hopefully, hopefully the ones that know will be like oh great job you know way to like redo it you know and like you know reuse drag on the yeah. show which is very hard to do without getting red <laughs> right but the looks were the same the looks were the ones that you had always prepared to use yes yeah okay a okay. hawaiian moment yeah it was yeah. a very nice nod very nice nod um do, do you still keep in contact with her oh yes Layla. yes mrs marchbanks we immediately <laughs> were like finding each other on instagram i um I was trying to make it where we could watch this episode together, but uh, we were definitely talking on Instagram just the other day. She's like, so excited. I'm like, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for us. I can't wait to see it. (laughs) Because she also was the one that wanted padding and like breastplate. So I was like, well, if daughter's going to be bodied, I have to be bodied too. So like, it just seemed so right to have done Carl and then give him Mae West the next Mm -hmm. week. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it seems like you were really, it seems like the key to this is really sort of listening and going to where your daughter is sort of telling you she feels most comfortable. Because it sounds like you didn't try to necessarily, I mean, you did in some ways adapt her to your style, but you also adapted yourself to fit her style. Yes. And like, uh, I definitely lucked out because she was open to everything. She wanted the nails. She, her and her husband, they watch Drag Race like competitively. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, uh, they like kind of do like a Final Fantasy or not Final Fantasy, uh, you know, that's sports, whatever they do. Final they Fantasy. <laughs> fantasy football. Fantasy Final football, Fantasy. Yes. Yes. Final Fantasy football. <laughs> that's the new, that's the new one. That's it. Um, but yeah, they, they are very sports oriented and she has two kids that are very into sports, but, um, they watch it as a family and they root for the girls and they just really enjoy like the competition aspect, which is mm-hmm. so fun. I I love that so much. And I love yeah. that it was teachers that they brought on yeah. this season because I mean, it, you know, it, it's, we're, we're seeing a lot. I don't mean to make this too serious, but I think it's important mm-hmm. to obviously bring up like we we're seeing teachers who deal with children in schools going on this show. There's that significance is not lost on, I think anybody watching this episode right now. So I would love to hear your thoughts on the significance of doing that, showing these women who are um, working with children every day, embracing the art form of drag. And then also your thoughts on what is going on in Tennessee and around the nation and what you would say to these politicians who are introducing these bills. As far as uh, my teacher, I, as soon as we sat down, she, the the class that she teaches, she teaches, I believe it's she said fifth grade or mm-hmm. around there, humanities class. Yeah, and I was like humanities, like I don't remember that in high school, or like yeah. school. Um, what an amazing class to take, like a, a course to teach you how to be a human, mm-hmm. how to like be compassionate. It, it, she said it was like a mixture of 
uh, you know, activism and social studies with this level, I guess, of, of art and compassion that I find was so refreshing. Like, wow, I didn't even know that that was, that's a class that kids are taking. Yeah, that's great. So that really gives me a lot of hope <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that there are teachers like that. Um, and especially with uh, my teacher, she was just so open and even talking about her own children uh, and what that means to be around drag or, or just to like watch her child maybe delve into wanting to pl- play with a Barbie. Mm-hmm. And just hearing a mom talk about that in real time with a kid um, without this like level of shame that kind of like, or like, you know, parents, especially at that age, they kind of want to brush it off. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. He wants a bar, but you know, like we'll kind of just, uh, pretty much dismiss it. But to see someone address it, a parent address it about their own child and stand up for it was really, really refreshing and not something I've necessarily seen. So she really gives me, gave me a lot of hope and really, um, really excites I get excited for the hopes of this next generation. And then, but you know, in these other States where it's not, um, very liberal and it's not very, uh, open-minded, I'm very nervous. I am very nervous that these politicians, uh, people that are in power, uh, they know what they're doing. They know that they're programming the, the mass. They, don't even i i genuinely think that all they're just trying to do is just get this narrative out despite what it harm it does to any of us um and it's really going to create just like a like a really a bunch of like not good people you know Mm -hmm. like so we have this like juxtaposition of trying to you know make the generation well but there's also this whole other yin and yang of no, we actually kind of want to leave this world a little worse than we found yeah. it. Uh, and people are really, um, they are okay with that. Uh, I would say to those people, those politicians, and, you know, I don't even have anything to say to them. I'm genuinely just really hurt. Yeah. Really, I feel really sad. It feels like I'm back in like school getting picked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels very unsafe. I constantly, you know, we're just kind of hyper aware as if we didn't have to be already. Uh, yeah, that, that's just that it, I don't even know what to say to them because I yeah. feel like anything would fall in deaf ears. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so frustrating. It is frustrating because I also think that it's like you're saying, it's, I think a lot of people don't even necessarily feel this way. They just, they see it as an easy target to advance mm-hmm. certain other political narratives. And because it's, it's, it's very hard to believe that these people who recognize, like, you know, these people recognize that, like, let's say movies or music is a, is mm-hmm. an art form. And the same way that drag and performance is an art form, movies and music can be toned down to fit yes. different audiences like movies we yes. have rated r movies and we have rated mm-hmm. g movies and drag shows if it's taking place at a 21 and older bar you're not going to take a child there because it's an adult setting but drag story hour can be adapted yes and those are those are already in place those are just like yeah. laws and regulations that we already know like you're not taking a kid to a 21 and over exactly so 
but when there are spaces, and that's just the wild thing that there, then there are spaces because there are children that are open and parents that are, you know, welcoming. And these are the kids that watch Drag Race and that are fans. And how are you going to, what, let me just, what are we all going to do on Halloween yeah. <laughs> when they all want to dress up in drag? Yeah. <laughs> I would exactly. really like to know. I would really love to go to Tennessee and arrest everybody who's in drag. That's a great point. That is a great <laughs> college point. Boy, walking around in their girlfriend's like cheerleading outfit. What are y'all going to do? Everybody could, should be arrested. We should yeah. all actually as president of <laughs> as president, Sasha, I, I would love to issue a, a mandatory costume for this year that everybody in the world dresses up in drag. Yeah. For Halloween, and let's see what happens. <laughs> and then we only go to the frat houses in Tennessee and arrest all of the. Get Aura. Aura knows yeah. the frat houses in Tennessee. Like, they've all got bras on their heads, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, that crazy. counts as drag too. Yes, <laughs> well, that is article of clothing. It is. It is. <laughs> well, speaking of children, though, uh, we we did hear a lot about Mistress in Malaysia Malaysia adopting new children, sugar and spice. So I'm wondering, did you secretly adopt anyone this season? Oh, no. I was told by my children when I got in, they're like, no kid. Oh, they didn't want siblings. <laughs> they're like, the shop is like, actually, actually, I did have one child. Um, one of the production um, production guys, Justin, he's the one that always calls in everyone. He has a mask and he calls yeah, in celebrities yeah. and untucked and he's like, okay, we got to take him. The last episode, he just whispers, like, he's telling me to go on, and I'm, like, he has his mask and his, like, headset on, and he's, like, cueing me to go into the workroom for one of the scenes, and he's, like, not even looking at me, just, like, staring into, like, yonder, and goes, oh, I want to be a Colby. Oh! <laughs> and I go, Justin, are you serious? He goes, yeah, I'm, like, Hey, Justin Colby. <laughs> like officially, he's Justin Colby. Yes, yes. And then he had on like one of my little drag jackets, I think the last episode. So he was really his Justin Colby. <laughs> that is adorable. I love that you did leave with a new child. Well, actually two with I your mean, teacher. I, I had to. I had yes. to. Like, yes. Brilliant. She's fertile. <laughs> she's fertile. I did see you say that in your uh, the cover that went up today. I did see you say that as well. Oh, fertile Myrtle. <laughs> well, I do want to talk about, uh, uh, you know, the situation that's been going on uh, with the past few episodes. There's been a lot of clashes between like Mistress and Lux and Lucy. So I am, and you seem to stay out of this for the large part. Like you just seem to sort of be watching this from the sidelines. Um, so yeah, not my horse, not my race. <laughs> right. So what, what, So you were really just kind of like letting the children go at it. You weren't really engaging. And was that strategy no. on your part? Well, to be honest, I kind of wanted to be having bacon myself, but I was mm. like, oh, this is getting really hot. If I throw my hat in there. Oh, no. Like, what, what is this for? You know? Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, if I'm going to have to like all the characters, except for I think, uh, Mistress and Anitra's character were presenting at boys as one time. So I'm like, well, if I just like dress up as a little boy. It's gonna look like Ellen, you know. So I'm like, let me be the dad. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be more of a contrast. Uh -huh. So I, I kind of, yeah, I let them. I just remember Anitra and I just staring at each other, like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was yeah it was getting very intense but you did you you had a a bit of a makeover though like you said with the with carl you did make that transformation and i think you touched on this a little bit in the episode but i i want to kind of expand on it i thought it was a a pretty poignant statement to make as a trans woman doing quote-unquote old man drag so how did you view that significance of dressing up as carl and was there ever maybe any apprehension for you doing that um, not for me, because you know what this was. If you, when I read the script, and you'll get it, Joey. Mm-hmm. It's the um, Nightgowns musical. <gasps> it's my whole character arc, the person that yes. got the makeover. So I was like, for that alone, I was like, do what you know. And like, th- that kind of like, a character arc at the end just seemed like right for me. And mm-hmm. it was kind of like with Sasha Ballou, it was like, well, you know, when do you shoot when do you use your Sasha Colby bullet you know yeah. <laughs> like that's what she was saying for the nightgowns and she was like we gotta kind of wait to you know to get you to do your thing yes. which was great for me in like the finale so I love I liked that idea of reading it on the, uh, on the script uh-huh. I really liked that so I'm like I'll be I'll be Carl and no one was jumping for Carl like and then I <laughs> sat down and I was like well, Carl ain't doing shit like this. <laughs> like I'm just like walking around. I was like watching everybody else get like these like great dance numbers. I was like, oh fuck, I, maybe I fucked myself. <laughs> maybe I did the wrong one. <laughs> no, I think you did. I, I think you you made a good choice. It, yeah, it definitely yeah. made an impact, and my mind is blown now with the nightgowns thing. I mean, that is just I, to all of our listeners out there. I don't know if you are living under a rock but you need nightgowns you need to check it out like that is it is next level stuff um from both sasha sasha's follower and colby so um yes absolutely everybody needs to go check that stuff out um there is though there's the one last question that i want to ask you um you might be anticipating what this question is already i tried to ask lux a few weeks ago on this podcast and she would not answer out of respect for you i oh tweeted an image a few weeks ago praising you for watching one of the lip syncs with your leg up on the stage the entire time (laughs) i thought it was so iconic i was like sasha is so mother for just watching the lip sync like this malaysia and lux responded to that tweet saying that there was a a reason that you did that so miss sasha to quote cardi b they never said it what was the reason no they won't tell me They actually said it the next episode. Oh my gosh, are we gonna do this, Joey? Wait, with oh the jokes? Yeah, when when we were sitting down, and then uh, Lux goes because I win, right? And then she goes, "Girl, you you peed on that stage tonight." <gasps> that was real. And that's why I said, "Well, why don't you soak some of this up so you can get another <gasps> win?" Um, because I could not hold my pee in, and I was like, "I'm gonna have to pee." And so we were waiting, and like there was a moment. I mean, and it was just tape under that skirt so like literally holding it like for dear life (laughs) there was and i think lux was behind me and like when we're doing our walk off she was like there's like a little wet spot (laughs) i was like i know i'm I'm very well aware (laughs) so they she definitely called me out on on the uh on the next episode after that (laughs) so it actually was already revealed it was just hiding as a joke it was definitely like embedded in there. Yeah. Oh, it was very God. nuanced. And no one else knows it. And my friends were like, why are you such a bitch right there? I'm like, because they were trying it with me. I just, <laughs> they were making me feel bad. <laughs> and oh I'm gosh. now in the Hall of Fame of the girls that have peed on the same. Yes. It's like me, Eureka, and 
uh, I think they said Jada did it too. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was going to say it is a very elite club. I am <laughs> so gagged at this. And well, you know what? And I mean, th- those queens are all winning in their own right. Jada won the season. Eureka yeah. is winning with her, you know, I mean, Emmy winning HBO maybe the series. successful queens, like just christening the stage. <laughs> christening the stage. That's what we'll call it. It's the christening. It's the christening of the Holy water. Stage. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for confirming that. That is a truly iconic moment. I am obsessed as I am obsessed with everything that you've done on this season and beyond Sasha thank you so much for joining me today I know you're very busy booked and busy and I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to me oh my god I had so much fun (laughs) me too me too all right Sasha best of luck to you with the rest of the season I can't wait to see what goes down thanks so much have a good one Our angel era has officially let loose. We're descending from the clouds to let Lucy LaDuca rest in the Drag Race Afterlife above. And we thank you for tuning in to EW's Quick Drag once again. We will be back with an all new recap and exit interview next week. So please make sure you're subscribed to our feed and please rate and review us and tell us if you know who Jennifer Coolidge is. (laughs) Until next time, we say, have have a loose night. night. You, the that is two weeks in a row, Jillian, that you haven't done that. What? <laughs> two weeks in a row that we've done it incorrectly. Well, you're taking a long time. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it. Energy. Okay, well, give me a visual cue that you're about to start talking. Oh, this is all going in. No, I want this all to go in. Until next time, we say... Have, have a, a loose uh, night. <laughs> you know what, Jillian? You just need to let loose. Let loose, let loose. Quick Drag is hosted and produced by Joey Nolte and Jillian Cederholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. There's weather. Cloudy weather. Cue the poppers.